Hey! Let's talk about food and music, eating and grooving, munching and moving, forking and spooning, listening to tunes, yeah, dinner's on soon, and to get ready for, ready for, peanut butter and jams. You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with host Brenda and Jordy on CITR 101.9. Exploring local music and local food. Tune in to learn about the best eats and tunes from your neighborhood. And a weekly pairing for your date calendar. Warning, the endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the host, unless clearly identified as advertising. Put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds. It's peanut butter and jams. And hello and welcome. I am Jordy and Brenda is here with me as well. Hello. And uh, we are the hosts of Peanut Butter and Jams. We've got a, gr- a great show planned for you guys today. We're going to be talking to uh, Leah Paget, who is the owner of Thirsty Whale, and more importantly, makes shrubs. Mm. Brenda, do you know what a shrub is? Um, I think so, but I'm excited to learn more. Okay, what do you think it is? Oh boy, you caught me there. Um I think it is some sort of flavored alcohol or flavored thing that you mix in a cocktail. You are... Very vague. Vaguely right. And somewhat correct. (laughs) It is not an alcoholic, but aside from that, um, that vague description is pretty close to right. Um, It's vinegar-based usually. Oh, Um, okay. Maybe it's like fruits and stuff like that. Sometimes they're called like drinking vinegars. Hmm. Um, Anyhow, so Leah's going to come on and tell us about what they are. Then you'll know. I'm very excited. And um, also what what you do with them and how you make them. Um, but but for now, we're going to put some music on. Uh, here's some Milk. This is the band Milk that used to be called Watermelon. And they changed their name to a different food. And Al Smith, who sometimes comes on our show, is one of the band members. Has he actually appeared on the show? Uh, he has, but not in a long time. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I don't remember. Maybe he was on when you were without me. No, I think it was at least a year or two ago. Okay. Well, here is Milk. The song is called Don't Laugh. Every time 
Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah 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 blah. Explosions. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help, and all types of audio engineering. Passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discorder magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca.
And we are back. Um, that was a band called Pale Red. Um, that song is called Untitled. Sorry, that's off the Untitled EP, and it's called I Don't Answer Questions, as you may have guessed from the lyrics of the song. Uh, before that was Gun Control. Um, that song is called Jimmy and Janice. Both those bands did uh, de- at least decently in Shindig. Made it to the semifinals. Um, did Pale Red make it to the finals? Yep. Yeah, okay. Pale Red's in the finals. Gun Control made it to sorry, the semis. Sorry, not the finals. The semifinals. They didn't make it. Oh, th- are they like still in the semifinals? No. Okay, they're both out. They're both out. But they're good. I like them. Yes. I, these are bands that I was hoping would go far in Shindig this year, mm-hmm. but did not. Um, so there's one more week of the semis next week, Tuesday, and then Friday, February 5th is the finals. Yes. Um, are you looking forward to it? I am. It's also Ben Lai's last shindig. Yes. And big so deal. It's a big deal. It's a memorable occasion. Everyone dresses up. Uh, you should go. Yeah. Ben Lai, host of Thunderbird Radio Hell and Shindig until uh, till soon. Until February 5th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we know who's going to replace him? Uh, no. No, it could be anybody. All right. Well, um, I'm going to put another song on while we get Leah on the phone. And then when the song is over, we should be talking to her. About, about sh- shrubs. About shrubs. Uh, anything you want to hear from the stuff we were prepping earlier? Mm, I'm sure there is. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm really putting you on the spot I here. Can't, I can't see that far. Why don't you just pick one? Okay, I will pick um, this one. This is uh, Heirloom by Eshuta, another Shindig band, and CITR music director um, who was in Shindig this year. Mm-hmm. But there was no conflict of interest. I'm 
that was Ashuta. The song was called Heirloom, and we have a guest with us. Hello. Hello. This is Leah Paget, um, the owner of Thirsty Whale. I guess, uh, are you the owner and operator? Is that the best title for I you? am the owner, operator, the everything woman, I think is. And mixologist. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that as well. Great. Can you tell us a bit about your company? Great. Um, so I opened Thirsty Whale Elixirs in February of last year. So we're just coming up on our one-year anniversary. Um, and I produce a product called Shrubs, which are cocktail and soda mixers made with organic apple cider vinegar, cane sugar, and fruit. You can have them. They're naturally concentrated in each bottle. So you make about 21 drinks in a 500-ml bottle. And you can mix them with soda water, regular water, hot water. You could have them with alcohol, without. Um, they're kind of your everyday mixer. What are they? Um, so you you use them in lots of different things. Like, what can you give an example of uh, what what sort of drink might have been made from them, either in the past or traditionally? Um, traditionally, I think it's kind of hard to tell. Um, they've changed a lot over the like the last few centuries since you know they were. Um, they've been around for a long time. They came from you know the UK. It was a preserving method. Um, you know, preserved fruit with vinegar and sugars. Um, in the colonial U.S., they were made um, in cocktails sort of prohibition times, and then they disappeared for quite a few years. So there's not a lot of of, of sort of concrete history around them. Um, what I'm recommending people do is save the apple. The apple spice um, is amazing with whiskey. Mm-hmm. You could have it, you know, with whiskey on the rocks, or um, add a splash of soda. The cranberry ginger is amazing with, with gin. Um, each flavor kind of, you know, you can kind of pick an alcohol that it's really great with. They all make great mimosas. Um, you can also cook with them as well. Amazing salad dressings, um, braising, deglazing pans with them. There's as, as many options as you can think of to, you know, use the flavors. So uh, what got you interested in shrubs? Why did you, um, why did you want to start making shrubs? Um, they were mentioned to me by a friend last August, um, and I've always sort of been looking for a food business, just never figured out what that was. And at the time I started my market research, there was nobody in Canada making them. And so I started making them at home and giving them to family and friends. It just seemed like something that, it just seemed natural to me to, to start making something like that. Um, I have a, you know, a farming background. I grew up in Pemberton and... I have a love for preserving and, you know, making making my own food. So it just sort of fit naturally with, you know, what my passions are. Um, and like I said, there's nobody making them. And about the same month that I opened my business in February, after a good six months of, of research and marketing planning, um, there was another company in town that opened up, like, at the exact same time. So there's two of us now making them in town, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's lots of interest. And uh, how did you come up with the inspiration for your recipes? And how much tinkering did you have to do to get them right? Um, I, I, you know what? There wasn't a lot of tinkering, to be honest. Um, I, I've had some help from friends and family, and they, you know, they obviously imparted some wisdom into the flavors. But for the most part, I think I just sort of used some food intuition and. And, and they just seem to work out. Um, I mean, not everything works. I really wanted to make a cucumber flake, cucumber like mint. 
and it just ended up taking, tasting like pickle juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you put, I know, right? I was really excited because it'd be amazing with chin, but um, mint pickle juice isn't, isn't a great thing. So, you know, not all of them worked out, but, but a lot of them, you know, right off the bat were great flavors. I mean, you can't go wrong with strawberry rhubarb either, mm-hmm. you know, just classic, classic flavors. Um, apple spice isn't, you know, none of my flavors are, are extremely experimental. Um, exactly, yeah. And, and it's hard to do experimental when you're, you know, spending a lot of money to make the product and mm-hmm. your know, labels cost a lot of money. So you really have to be keen, you know, know what you're doing when you, when you choose that flavor to go forward with. Um, I just wanted to ask you, just for people who don't know, like, you don't have to mm-hmm. give away, like, your, like, your exact recipe, but like in general, what is the, what is the process of making a shrub? Right. Um, so you, I mean, essentially you take fruit and you mix it with sugar and add, you know, some sort of vinegar. Um, that's essentially what a sort of traditional shrub is. Um, in the past they were using citrus and alcohol to, to make shrubs, you know, back, you know, a couple hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, when they came back in the U.S., there was more more vinegar-based. So I, I chose to use an organic apple cider vinegar because you're getting a lot of health benefits from the vinegar. You know, it's good for your digestion and, you know, a number of things that I could list off on Internet research. Yeah. Um, so you, but you could make it with any vinegar? You could choose it. Yeah, you could absolutely use any vinegar. You could, you know, make a great strawberry balsamic um, but when you're looking, if you make it at home, that's easy to do. When you're making it in bulk quantities, um, and I use 50 kgs of sugar or of, of fruit rather at a time, you know, you're looking at the cost of balsamic vinegar is, is just too expensive to produce a product like this. Um, but I did choose the organic apple cider vinegar, and I buy it directly from a producer in Ontario. So, you know, it's business to business, and um, it's more expensive than the regular vinegar, but probably but I think tastier it's, it's better yeah yeah exactly yeah i mean go ahead Brandon. and where do you source the rest of your ingredients so the sugar is cane sugar that i buy locally and the fruit is all local as well so some of it's organic some of it's just you know from the farm in abbotsford etc or you know the cranberries come from a bog in langley um sometimes you can't i mean to choose organic all the time is not economical either so I tend to choose local over, you know, local and spray-free, let's say, than, than organic all the time. That's cool. You're supporting, supporting local farmers then. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm trying to build relationships with them as well. And, and some of the fruit I buy through a local distributor. So, you know, I have a relationship there. And, yeah, it's, it's all about building a community and in a challenging um, area. I mean, food, the food business is challenging. <laughs> Um, what, uh, what do you like to use your shrubs for? Like what, um, what's your favorite right now? Um, well, not, I mean, to go back to the apple, I think the apple and whiskey is probably my favorite. Um, but I quite like using the cranberry ginger as an, as a salad dressing, bit of Dijon, you know, some balsamic vinegar, bit of salt and pepper and some olive oil and makes an amazing salad dressing. You can also braise cabbage with it. Um, the salt and pepper and it um, it caramelizes really well because it's a concentrate so there's not much liquid that you have to evaporate before it turns to you know a delicious sugar um, 
and so that's pretty amazing with some like poached eggs on top or whatever well, that's uh that's really cool um do you know if if someone wanted to look into making some themselves do you ha- know of yep. any like ways that people could go about finding some information about doing that oh honestly i mean a quick google search we will find dozens of recipes to do it um and there's even there's even two uh, cookbooks, so let's say cookbooks, but uh, shrub books, shrub and sort of bitters books that have come out, one recently and one maybe a couple of years ago, where you can get, you know, a hundred different shrub recipes for it. That's, um, that's very cool. Brenda, did you have any more questions? If I wanted to find some of your shrubs, where would I find them? Yeah, um, they're all listed on my website at thirstywhale.ca. And also you can get them at Colmay Warehouse, at which is at Broadway near Kingsway. Woo. I, I do believe that Dar- or Darcy and uh, Jordy might own that place. It's but, true, I do. Yeah, <laughs> true. So they do carry a delicious selection of my shrubs. Uh, you can get them at all four urban fairs. Um, Be local in kits and a number of uh, other places giving gifts at 30th and Maine as well. Great. Well, uh, thank you so much for talking to us and kind of going over what a shrub is for people. Um, I um, I actually hadn't thought of using them in salad dressings, and I'm going to start doing that now. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, thanks so much for talking, and um, I'll, I'm sure I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Leah. Awesome. Thanks so much. And we're going to go, um, just to our listeners, we are going to go into a song now. And um, what sort of song? Let's play the jazz stuff. Oh, yeah, jazz. Some different stuff. All right, so this is... Um, Phil Boniface. The song is called um, Portland Machine. Bank of America would allow its customers to pay them back whenever...
Tune in every Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. for a little bit of soul with your host, Jade Park. A little bit of soul plays primarily old recordings of jazz, swing, big band, blues, oldies, and Motown.
You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkameenam-speaking Musqueam people. You've come out to CITR's Shindig each week to hear the bands duke it out to be the winner of their night. Now come out to hear the winners compete to make it to the finals. Each semi will feature three of your past winners, with the winners of the semifinals guaranteed a place and a prize in the finals on February 5th. The third semi is happening on Tuesday, January 26th, featuring the winners from nights 2, 7, and 8. Atlanteans, Late Spring, and Red Circle. So come out to Pat's Pub and Brew House at 403 East Hastings at 8 for locally made beer, pool, music, and an epic night. Cover is $6 at the door and the show is 19 plus. Check out CITR on Facebook or on Twitter at CITR Shindig for all the details. Yes, that's right. Go to Shindig. It's great. Um, before those ads, we played two jazzy songs. Um, one was by, the most recent one was called Sloppy Slaughter, and it was by Pugs and Crows. And um, the one <laughs> before that was by Phil Boniface, and it was called Portland Machine. And right now you can hear the sound of a tape machine. It's exciting. It's so exciting and so pleasant to hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, Brenda. Yes, Jordy. I hear that you had a party recently. I did. So I had a Vereniki making party. It's a Vereniki making party? Vereniki. 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 Jordy's going to mess this up every time I'm he says I'm definitely going to do it because I thought it was pronounced Vereniki for like <laughs> over a year before Brenda corrected me 15 to 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So you'll get treated to lots of bungling words mm-hmm. in the next few minutes. Um, but what, um, how many people came to your party? Mm, seven. And, uh, what was the purpose of it? Like, how did it work? Uh, so it was to make Vereniki. So Vereniki are Russian style pierogies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my background is Mennonite and that's the typical pierogies that they used to make in the Ukraine. And uh, they're a bit different from Ukrainian progress in that the filling is dry curd cottage cheese. What makes, um, what is dry cured cottage cheese and how is it different in flavor and texture from like cottage Um, cheese? It's very, uh, very similar in flavor to cottage cheese. It's just not wet. Mm -hmm. So I think if you made a progi with real cottage cheese, it would probably get really soggy. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a, a sort of sourish cottage cheese flavor, and the dough is a little uh, thicker, not thicker, like chewier. It's got more, you know when you get pasta that's kind of like that chewy, um, more elasticy dough? Yes, yes. Like, like homemade pasta style Yeah, dough. more yeah. like homemade pasta. So if you compare like a store-bought pasta to a homemade pasta, that's kind of the, the difference in texture between... Mm-hmm like your average Ukrainian pierogi and the Russian pierogi. And then you make this uh, gravy called shmofot. 
I know. Um, what's schmofat? Sounds healthy. Um, <laughs> and is it fatty? Is, or is that just a coincidental sound that happens to be in it because it's a foreign word? Um, I'm not sure the direct translation, uh, but it's essentially a white sauce made with cream. It's a cream gravy, and you put in the drippings from the farmer sausage. So you make farmer sausage, and then you pour in the fat from the farmer sausage into the gravy. Sounds pretty fatty. It was. Re- it's it sounds really, really good. Tasty. It sounds really good too. So it's it's not a ton of flavor. It's just kind of like sour cheese and this chewy chewy dough with um, salt and pepper, white sauce with farmer sausage fat, mm-hmm. and then sausage on the side. Um, okay, so. Uh, how many Veronikis did you make? <laughs> uh, we made three recipes, so enough to feed seven people stuffed and then two extra dozen mm-hmm. in the freezer. Um, and we, we mixed the dough early because it's a really soft dough. Does it need time to like rise or something? Or? Um, no, it's just really sticky. So if you put it in the fridge, it's a lot easier to handle when you mm-hmm. make the pierogies and it sticks to a lot less things and it's easier to shape. And then you roll it out in this big, um, this big circle, and then you put uh, in a row these little clumps, these little spoonfuls of of the cottage cheese, and then you roll it over top. So you kind of like you're making a little tiny, I guess, pierogi, but yes. um, like a calzone, like how you'd make a calzone. Yes, or something like, like a that. calzone, yeah. and you've got a strip, so you might have uh, like four to six pierogies on there, and then you take a glass. And, and use half the glass shape, like mm-hmm. a drinking glass, to cut off the pierogi. And it uses the flat line of the bottom fold that you just made mm-hmm. and the half arc. And then you just pinch around the sides. Oh, so you don't um, fold them over, like like make a full circle and then fold them? Because that's how I would think it would. No, no, no. You just um, you have your huge pile of dough and you fold over the whole end. Mm-hmm. On top of like six little piles of cottage cheese, and then you just take the oh. jar and like press them out as if you're pressing cookies. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little faster and a little easier, and and then you boil them up. Mm-hmm. Um, how long does it take to make them all, and how many people do you need to to do it? Uh, it's it's more fun if there's a group mm-hmm. being social. Uh, we started at four thirty, and I think we ate just after six, so okay. it, it wasn't too long. That's pretty fast then yeah. for like a big to f- like uh, make a whole bunch of th- little things like that. Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good and really tasty. And you you know, there's that whole desire as all of our grandmas get old and start dying. That it's really important to learn learn this food so that you can make it once a year and satisfy your genetic nostalgia mm-hmm. and your taste buds from when you were little and make sure that you can still eat and make this food. I um, don't have any living grandmas, but I do try to learn from my parents. Mm-hmm. Their dishes, their staple dishes. Are there? What's nostalgic when you think about, you know, if you're 65 and you need to know the family recipe, what would that recipe be for you? Um, it would be... Uh, black bean soup mm-hmm. um, which is like an Asian soup made with oxtail and lotus root really um, that my dad used to make um, it doesn't have to be oxtail sometimes he, it's whatever that cheap cut of uh, beef is um, and then there's like astrugula um, red dates uh, some I think it's shiitake mushrooms I have it written down at home uh, and um you make like this really rich broth with uh, lotus roots in it, and then, um, and lots of black beans, and it's 
and it's just absolutely delicious. It's really, really good. So it's a family. That sounds family amazing. Dish, uh, okay, that, I'll trade you some Berenikes for some red yeah. bean soup. You're on. You're on. We'll do it. It's it's black bean. Black, black bean, bean soup. soup. Yes. Um, this is a total side note, um, but did you know that if you don't properly prepare kidney beans, you can die from them? No. I just learned this today, and I was shocked. Um, now, it's not a big deal if they're – you don't have to worry about this at all if you just buy canned kidney beans because they're already cooked. Um, but if you're cooking raw kidney beans, if you don't boil them for, like, a certain amount of time at, like, a high boiling heat, then they release a toxin when you eat them. So if you slow cook them at, like, a really, really low temperature to get mm-hmm. them soft – and, and that temperature never reaches a boil, as like some slow cookers do. You can just die from eating kidney beans. Wow. So if you have a slow cooker and buy dry beans, watch out. Yeah. I mean, I've never cooked kidney beans from dry. But uh, I, th- I think you're more likely to just have a really unpleasant trip to the hospital. Um, but uh, it sounds awful. Um, and I did not know about this until today because I just saw like a thing of mm. where people were like, hey, Pro tip: things you things Pro some people tip. don't know about about kidney beans. Uh, but that, also, it's apparently why it's kind of hard to find dried kidney beans because most grocery stores don't want to take on that lawsuit. Yeah, take on that lawsuit because good they, idea. Yeah, it's almost like they don't want to be eaten. These kidney beans. Although I thought that that was why plants had seeds, um, so that they could. Um, be eaten by things and then they would went they would kind of like be dropped out the back in, in, in different places all over the world all over the world although maybe that's just for like really hard to digest seeds mm. um, interesting uh anyhow we're way off topic um still on food still on food still doing good <laughs> um but uh uh, Veroniki, um, is there other flavors that you would ever do, or do you always do it with cottage cheese? Oh, yeah. So the purist does it with dry cottage cheese. Um, they have been known to be made with plums mm-hmm. and sometimes what? Really? Other like fruit. a dessert? Uh, yeah. Or is uh-huh. it like a salty, savory sort of plum dish? Um, it's, it's plums. Uh, you can, we did make two kinds of gravy, so there were vegetarians at the table, but, um, we also had some grandma purists, mm-hmm. um, so... We made one version with farmer sausage fat because that's what I thought was the must to do. Mm-hmm. And then the other, uh, Adrian made a thinner gravy that had, um, because she dips hers in sugar, even the dry cottage cheese ones. And they have this like great kind of cheesecake, not, not cheesecake, mm-hmm. but like that kind of flavor to them. So she'll like put the gravy on and then dip them in just normal plain sugar but yeah you can make ones with plums and often people will make a like a not very sweet rhubarb sauce oh that sounds um strange and foreign yeah. to me tasty but different cultural backgrounds is exactly part of, why, part of why we do this show to learn more about food and never any onions never never ever. onions no oh i love onions okay well clearly we have very different ideas we about do pierogies. um Okay, let's go into a song, and um, we'll be back. To maybe, maybe we'll have time to talk about something. Maybe not. We'll getting close to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Attention, grad students! Share your research. Find out what's going on in other disciplines. Approach your work from a new angle. 
Check out Fire Talks, the interdisciplinary discussion forum sponsored by the Research Commons at Kerner Library. Visit bit.ly slash firetalk for more information. Without 
And uh, that was Schuyler Jansen. Schuyler Jansen. <laughs> I'm just ja- like I just can't pronounce Nikki's. anything. Um, <laughs> uh, a band from Vancouver with one dude whose name is the name of the band. Schuyler. Schuyler. Uh, that's from the album The Long Shadow. Uh, the song is called Sharpest Diamond. Um, this has been Peanut Butter and Jams. We are heading out for another couple weeks, and we'll be back then. Uh, but make sure you stay tuned. What's coming up next, Brenda? Next is a radio documentary uh, from a project, The Rendezvous de la Francophonie, which is a series of radio documentaries produced across Canada, uh, docs and other content, uh, short segments around French culture. Sounds great. Um, and uh, before, while we set that up, um, because it's pre-recorded, um, we will be. You will be listening to the lovely tunes of Walgren off of uh, their her self-titled EP. Who won the semis at Chindig this past Tuesday? Will be playing at the finals. Yeah, so make sure you come out for the finals to hear this if you like it. I was born here in the canyon under shadow. Moving slow Deep down in the canyon I surrender to waterfalls In my blood In my blood In my blood 
Rendez-vous de la Francophonie is an annual celebration that promotes the French language, heritage, and its numerous cultural expressions. 